Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday Night Mystery Club. I'm your host, Caitlin McCluskey, and today I'm joined with one of my good friends, Emma, who lived in Oslo for four months. Hi, Emma. Hi, Caitlin. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I want to say I actually lived in Oslo for eight months. <laughs> oh, okay. That's much cooler. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Now it's going to sound like I'm bragging, but I'm really no, no, not. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. It's neat, especially when we can't travel right now. It's fun to think yeah. about what we could be doing. I know. What a difference in my summer compared to last year. <laughs> So today we're doing a new author. Instead of Agatha Christie, we're talking about Louise Penny, who is a um, Toronto-born author who then moved to Montreal. And she writes about a, she writes like Canadian mysteries based in Quebec and like a Montreal detective. So it's very, it's very cool. It's got a cool setting. Ooh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and some other cool facts about Louise Penny, her... She won, there's when Ag- I think when Agatha Christie died or sometime around then, they created something called the Agatha Awards. And so every year, the best mystery novel is awarded like an Agatha Award. And Louise Penny has won six of them. Wow. Yeah. So these are good. She's like a real good mystery, cozy mystery, like Agatha Christie style author. Okay. So would you say that she's similar in style to Agatha Christie? Like, can I rely on some of the similar tropes? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the that kind of style of whodunit, for sure. I'm trying to find those types of books where it's not obvious who the whatever murderer or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. The killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you can still rely on some of the tropes. Okay. This, So I'm doing her first book. It's called Still Life. Mm-hmm. And it was written in 2005. So pretty recent. Cool. And she has a kind of, again, similar to Agatha Christie. It's this one detective... Chief Inspector Armand Gamache, and he features in, I think, all of, all of her books, or a lot of them. She has a lot of books written, and you can go find them at louisepenny.com if you want to read more of them. <laughs> okay, plug's done. Are you ready to get started with the story, Emma? Yes, I'm so excited to get started. Okay, so it's kind of, again, these, like, this book was written more recently than Agatha Christie's. So a lot of the names are, like, I don't know, they feel kind of newer, So the first person we get introduced to is this woman, Clara Moreau, who I will just call Clara. And she's like a middle-aged painter and she's waiting for, this is, they live in like a small town in the Eastern townships of Quebec and it's English town. And it's very like picturesque is kind of how they describe it. Like old world, old buildings, um, like a small market street type thing with the shops. There's like, you know, like five shops or whatever. Yeah. Classic Quebec. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Clara is sitting in a coffee shop waiting for her friend, Jane Neal, who's a, I think, slightly older woman. It's kind of like they have like a mother-daughter relationship type thing. They're not related, but that's kind of um, their friendship. And she's watching a truck go by with a deer strapped to the front of the car. And that's, it's like hunting season. So that's like normal in this part of the world where people go hunting and then they want to show off their, their prizes, quote unquote. Uh-huh. Hang out on their living, living room fireplace after. Yeah. Yeah. The antlers or whatever. Yeah. So Jane arrives late, which is abnormal for her. And she's yeah, an older, soothing woman. And the reason she was late is because she's just witnessed what is kind of like I'm describing as a hate crime. It's young boys that were throwing manure at um, a gay couple's house and yelling homophobic slurs. Okay. That sounds yeah. really similar to last year with like the U of T students. 
What happened exactly? What I don't remember. Wasn't there something like in downtown Toronto? There were people throwing poop bags right. at people. <laughs> yeah. Was that was that hate crime esque or was that just? Oh no! It might they did they ever figure out who did it? I don't remember. Well, no, we I don't want to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So this it's it, they're kind of describing them as like twelve to 13, 14 year olds, um, but still terrible thing and so she's she had caught them in the act and yelled at them and they were wearing ski masks but she says she knew who they were mm-hmm. knew who these boys were so i think that their names will come up later and then she also admits that that wasn't the full reason she was late to meeting at the coffee shop uh the other thing had been is that she's decided to submit her art to the art competition that happens every fall in town and this is a big deal because jane has she's been like painting maybe all her life and she's never allowed anyone to see her work like she if if you like snuck up behind her while she was painting she like wouldn't talk to you for months she'd be so mad type thing okay so jane and clara are both painters but jane is kind of doing it secretively yeah jane is like a she does it for fun whereas clara is trying to like make money from it like she's a artist by trade i guess Mm, okay um this is that's kind of the community you feel like these people are living in there's a lot of they'll come up later but there's a lot of painters there's poets there's um people who are really into books and things like that like that's kind of the the feel of the town Mm -hmm. so the reason jane is telling her about this decision to submit the art is that claire is actually on the jury for the art competition so we kind of jump to there, um, all of the judges for the art competition are judging the works of art. So not everyone who submits a piece of art will be allowed into the whatever on um, the showing. They they um, pick out X amount of pieces. And so the other people on the jury are, so it's Claire and her husband, Peter, then this woman named Elise, Henry, and Irene. And I've ang- anglicized their names, but all of them were French names. Elise, Henri, Irene. Oh, I said that wrong. <laughs> what is Peter? Pate? <laughs> Peter. <laughs> I don't know. How's the French, Caitlin? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they're they're judging Jane's work, and the title of her piece is called Fair Day, um, as in like um, a county fair that you would uh, go to. And they unveil the piece, and everyone is in shock because it's so terrible. <laughs> So you kind of, they've built up in the book, you're expecting it, like no one's ever seen her art and it's going to be beautiful, it's going to be beautiful, and then they show it and they just describe it as awful. But then they kind of start to look at it a little bit more and it almost shocks them. They're like, wait, is this actually brilliant? Like, is this beautiful? And the reason they're saying that is because the the it's, it's, an, it's a picture of a fair day, so there's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They're kind of, they're describing them as stick figure almost. So they're not like well built up, but the faces are so perfect. You can tell exactly who she's p- painted. So they're like, oh my God, there's Peter and there's Clara and there's this person. Like they, they know immediately who all of the people are because they're all people from the town. And so part of it is like, it's amazing that she's able to capture that, but it still seems like not as skilled. <laughs> okay. So the heads and the faces are really realistic, but the rest of their body is just a stick. That's how they describe it. Obviously, it's a book, so I can't see the art, but yes, yeah. that's what they're describing. Okay. So they end up they end up um, accepting the piece because one of the one of Lee's she kind of says um, it this art this piece of art evokes so many different reactions. It's perfect for a competition like this because you don't know how to feel, and that's what you want from art. Mm. Anything can be art. <laughs> yeah. So then later that day, this is a Friday, and it's like the the Thanksgiving weekend. So they're having a 
Claire and Peter and Jane and all the rest of their friends are having a Friendsgiving at Claire and Peter's house. Mm-hmm. And so the other, so the people are Claire and Peter, the owners of the house, friend Jane, who did the art. And then there's another friend, Ruth, who is a poet. And she's like an old nasty woman in the sense that she just, she's just mean all the time. They still love her type attitude. And then you have Olivier and Gabri, who are the, um, the, the gay couple that had been assaulted earlier in the day. This woman named Myrna, who is the bookkeeper. She, sorry, that she's the, um, she owns a bookshop in town and sells books. And then Ben, who is, his mother had been like a really close friend of Ruth and Jane. Ruth and Jane are both older and they'd grown up in this town since they were little kids. And um, Ben's mother had also been one of their good friends. So Ben is like maybe more Claire and Peter's age. Okay. Did you say the other jurors were also part of this party or? Just- no, no, no. Okay. I, w- I wouldn't worry too much about the other jurors. They don't really come back up again. Ah, uh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> I know. I can tell you that. The- <laughs> Crossing their names out on my notes. <laughs> there you go. So at, the, at their Friendsgiving, they talk a lot about the hate crime that had happened earlier in the day. Like they kind of describe more what had happened. And then they talk about antiques because Olivier like buys, he like sells a lot of antiques in his store. And so he's buying them off Ruth. And oh, they're thinking no one has ever been allowed into Jane's house. It's this like weird thing where she'll only allow you to come into like the kitchen, but not into the living room. And mm. no one is why and Olivier because he likes to buy antiques from Ruth he's wondering Jane he bets that Jane has some beautiful furniture in there that he would love to like see and get his hands on but he can't so they're talking about that huh Jane is a really secretive person yeah right so that's That's the kind of vibe you're getting and they also they say Jane is talking about this painting fair day and she's kind of looking at Ben and it's what has happened is this um Ben's mother her name is Timmer she had died recently of cancer, like a couple months ago, and she'd actually died on the count the day of the county fair that Jane based her artwork off of. So she's kind of saying to Ben, like, this will hold like a this will hold a special place in your heart. And so he's kind of think, like saying, like, oh, I'd really like I really want to see it. I'm gonna go maybe I'll go see it before the show starts. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. And then we kind of jump to the Thanksgiving Sunday, so two days later, and we're meeting a new character now. This is the Chief Inspector Armand Gamache. I'll call him Inspector Gamache. And so this is the main detective character that's the reoccurring, like, Sherlock Holmes, Hercule Poirot-esque character. Okay. And he receives a call from one of his agents, and there has been a murder. Ooh. So agent... You met Nickel. She's the she's saying I'll pick you up in 15 minutes, and we're going to be driving to Three Pines, which is the town that, that all these artists and whatever that we were just talking about for the Friday. That's where they live in Three Pines. Mm-hmm. So when they arrive in Three Pines, the scene has been cordoned off, and they find that the victim is Jane Neal. Oh my gosh! Yeah, very. I know we've just met her. Sweet woman, but I thought she was gonna be like the dodgy character that the reader was gonna suspect. <laughs> nope, sorry. So Ben had actually discovered the body. He says it was around eight a.m. He normally goes on like his morning walk, and he's like terribly upset. Like he's almost kind of vomiting and just like you know really clearly sad, but also like he has this like physical reaction, and he kind of says that Jane was like a mother to him. Mm. Wait, so he was going on a walk at 3 a.m.? 8 a.m. Oh, 8 a.m., sorry. <laughs> he said he, he has a dog. He normally took his dog out for a walk. Yeah. 
Yeah, so this was, and it was his property that the the body was found on. Um, he Ben was one of the, his family was like a founding member of the town, I think. Like they, or they ran the mill business. So they were just like a very rich family. So they owned a lot of land around town. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like Jane was trespassing. It would have been normal for someone to yeah, be Yeah, totally walking. normal for his yeah. friends to be walking around. He actually says he had a cell phone with him because since it's self, it's um hunting season, he often would have tresp- like hunting people trespassing on his land. And that was like not okay because he didn't hunt himself and wasn't okay with hunting. So he carried the cell phone to call if there were trespassers. And so that's why he had, he'd be able to call 911 right away when he had seen Jane's body. Mm-hmm. And he kind of says he had kind of disturbed the body a little bit um, only because when he first saw her he thought she had like a stroke or heart attack because there it didn't the wound wasn't very large it ends up being a hunting arrow wound or like an arrow wound a bow and arrow oh it's really tiny hunting with arrows yeah we will find out later it's actually that this week these couple of weeks in the season that they're at is arrow it's bow and arrow hunting season or time like um hunting with uh guns doesn't happen until later ah okay yeah i don't know very much about hunting but that's yeah me neither (laughs) that's what we pick up so then we meet gamash's inspector gamash's right hand man whose name is inspector beauvoir and he's taking notes of all of this and he's kind of introducing himself like from his perspective he's calling himself like the bloodhound and like he's gonna find all the clues and then he'll give them to his master who is <laughs> so that's kind of cute. Wait, that's such a weird opinion of himself. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I yeah. Oh, totally. To my master. <laughs> <laughs> and then Agent Nickel, who is the one that called about like she's the the junior agent, she kind of makes a fool of herself. And it's just because she's like the rookie. This is her first time working a case, and so she's trying to impress everybody. Mm-hmm. So then Gamash announces to the crowd, there's been like a crowd that's gathered near the woods but can't see the crime scene because it's cordoned off. And he announces to everyone what has happened, that it's Jane Neal that's dead. And uh, he kind of is, Gamash is looking through the crowd when he says this to get people's reactions. And it looks to him like everyone looks surprised or like really sad, except for Peter, Clara's husband. Whoa. So he was he just like no expression at all? Yeah, kind of or... very stoic. So he, who knows mm-hmm. how he's feeling on the inside, but in the physical reaction is different from everyone else's. So... Peter is actually Ben's best friend. So they go to they walk together into town with Gamash to break the news to Clara because Jane was her best friend. Like they were really, really close. Yeah. But also because he's her husband, right? Yeah. Well, Peter's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why he's telling her, but they're breaking the news to her because she was, once there was word that someone had been killed, she was in church at the time and Jane never came to church. So she kind of almost, she knew. She knew what had happened, but didn't want to admit it to herself. Mm-hmm. So then uh, Inspector Gamash goes to just sit in the village green to watch the village go by and kind of see see how life works. And this is like one of, this is just like his technique of just like, he really likes to watch and learn by watching. And Ben comes to sit with him on the bench and talks about the village and how it was founded because he was around for then. Or no, he, was, he wasn't around, but his family had been there for a while. And they kind of talk about Quebec and the separation and French versus English and all that jazz. Um, how, like, it's just a very complicated relationship. Mm-hmm. Ben walks away and Gamash walks towards the bistro to talk. So the bistro is like the one restaurant in town and it's run by Olivier and Gabri, the gay couple. And that was the building that the kids had been throwing manure at. 
So he's talking to him to ask if he can book. They have like a back room that he's going to book for all of the police officers for lunch. And while he's waiting there, Ruth walks in. So she's one of Jane's close friends. And she comes to talk with him for this reason, because she had grown up with Jane. She knows her and she is really upset about this. Mm-hmm. Gamash is kind of asking her questions like, who does she have? A husband, a boyfriend, who she related to, all this kind of stuff. And Ruth tells him the story of that Jane had never been married, but she had almost been married when she was really young to this guy named Andreas Selinski, but that he, Andreas, before they could be married, had died in a um, lumber accident because that's like the mill, that was the like big industry in town was uh, wood. Okay. So then while they're talking, Olivier joins them and agrees to drive Gamache to St. Remy, which is like the bigger town, the bigger village, whatever you want to call it, nearby, where Jane's closest relative, her niece, lives. So they're going to t- like talk to the niece. Mm. See if there's any motive. Yeah, yeah. Find out what's going on and see see what the niece is like. And also just to let, obviously she needs to be let known that her, her aunt is dead. Mm. So the niece's name is Yolande Fontaine. And she's, they describe her as like super fake looking. Like she's wearing these clothes and this makeup and all of this. She's trying to put out this image of who she is. But underneath, that's not her personality. How do they tell that from the first time meeting her? So they have this conversation. I didn't put it in my notes, but they have, he's kind of asking her questions. And she's at first acting like really demure and like answering questions. And then she finds out like that he's the police because he's gone in pretending that he's going to like get a, like he wants real estate and her personality just like, like by snap of the fingers changes to like super angry. Um, Her accent changes, like those kinds of things where it's like, she's been putting on a personality. Ah, okay. So she owns a real estate business and she says that the police are not allowed to enter Jane's home. Like she's, she's going to inherit it. She doesn't want them going in there. So that's weird as well. Maybe Jane's house is also just like really ugly when you get to see it, like the painting. And that's why she didn't let anyone go inside. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So she doesn't want the police in there and the police, the gamash is like, uh, too bad. Like we're going in. So on the way home, Olivier kind of says that Yolande had, she was, it seems like no one really likes this woman of Jane's friends. And they say that um, Olivier says that Yolande had pissed Jane off um, to the point where Jane refused to see her anymore. Mm. Uh, and then he also brings up to Gamache that no one has ever been into Jane's home. So this is the first time that Gamache is hearing about it. So at lunchtime, all the police officers discuss the case and they first talk about how the arrow was not found. So it had been like when Jane had been shot, um, it had gone straight through her chest, like there had been an exit wound, but the they couldn't find the arrow um, around the scene, but there had been feathers found in the wound. So they're wondering what that could be from. Okay. And then while they're talking, Gamash gets a call from the like Jane and Yolan's lawyer. And the lawyer says that legally the police are not allowed to enter the home unless they can prove it's a murder investigation, not an accident. Or if they can get the will and the will says that they are allowed into the house. Would the will say that? That's kind of a weird well, thing. No, I mean, it, no, sorry. The will wouldn't say that. But if, if, if the will leaves everything to Yolande, then they're not allowed into the house. But if the house is left to someone else, then... That person would get to decide. Oh, okay. Makes so it's sense. just one of those who hasn't been read yet. Mm-hmm. So after lunch, they go to see Clara and Peter at home. And it turns out that the old schoolhouse that was in the town, it had been converted into an archery club. So they're kind of saying, yeah, like there's tons of archery equipment. And yeah, the 
no, we never lock the doors. The doors are o- all, always open. Oh. So the, uh, the police are kind of going like, okay, yeah, we need to, we need to go check that out right away. Um, and they also don't think that Jane was that well off. Like they, they're like, she lives comfortably, but we can't imagine the house is worth anything more than $150,000. Like it's not, nothing around here is worth that, that much. Okay. So whatever it was in the will, it probably wasn't the motive. That's what they're, that's what they're kind of thinking, but they're, they're not sure. Mm-hmm. So then they go to the bed and breakfast. This is also like the B&B in town is also owned by Olivier and Gabri and they book rooms and talk to Gabri. So it seems like Olivier runs the bistro restaurant and Gabri runs the B&B. And so he's, he's basically just extremely sad. Like he's been baking muffins all morning to like cope with how upset he is and like eating his sorrows away. Oh, that's like a lot of us during this quarantine baking bread. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's exactly what he's doing. It was weird to read this book for some reason during the quarantine because it felt really real. And whenever they'd be in large gatherings, I'd be like, but are they wearing masks? It's really weird. Yeah. I bet the story is a lot more relatable than the Agatha Christie ones. Like, not as much totally. of a rape. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. This is, it feels, especially because it's in Canada, like, I really feel like I can relate. It yeah. felt like it was happening right now. <laughs> so then they get the, they go over to the old schoolhouse and they get the key from, I think Ben and Peter had keys, but again, they never locked it. Um, but they get the key from Ben so they can lock it up. So no one else can go into the art, like the old schoolhouse, the archery club until the police can do a search. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, Clara is still so distraught. Um, like again, this was her best friend. And so Peter is trying to console her by linking it to God, like Clara was very religious and so he's basically saying like Jane is with God now and if you believe in God then like you will understand that and Clara kind of has this like breakthrough moment of like a little bit of peace and so they both break down crying like Peter breaks down crying as well nice blame it on God God did it (laughs) no not that God did it just the idea that like Jane Jane is somewhere more peaceful yeah yeah like it was for a reason she's better now yeah yeah and back in Montreal, the so the police force is called the Sûreté in Quebec, I guess. And so they're having a meeting and I'm discussing that Yolande, the, the niece's husband, his name is André Malfant, and he had just gotten his bow hunting license that year to hunt in the in the fall. And he also had several arrests on his record of assault and breaking and entering and other things like that. So they're kind of saying okay, he's not a great character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so gonna keep their eye on him basically. Then they all go. The police go to back to Three Pines, and they have a church, a meeting in the town church to kind of tell the whole town what's going on. And they're kind of saying, "We will find the murderer." So if you were, if you, if this was an accident, a hunting accident, you need to come forward now. It's only gonna get worse. It's kind of what they're saying. They also know that Jane Neal died between six thirty and seven a.m. And it was a hunting arrow wound, which is different than a um, target practice arrow, which has like a blunt tip and a hunting arrow. It's like, it has like razors on the side of it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But, I, but so did the, what's it called? At the school, at the schoolhouse? The, the archery club? Yeah, the archery club. They would have had these hunting arrows, right? Well, they, they're not sure yet. They haven't investigated. Theoretically, no. The archery club would have just um, used target shooting arrows because they weren't a hunting club. They were just a like you know sports club. So oh, they okay. just would have used the target practice arrows. But they'll they'll search it. Mm-hmm. 
The crowd at the church, while they're telling everyone in town what's going on, they help Gamash to kind of learn the difference between a hunting and a recreational bow. So even the difference, like a um, if you're hunting, you use a different kind of bow and arrow than if you're just like doing like shooting recreationally. Um, and it's different arrows that are used as well. So the guy who's kind of saying a lot of this is his name is Matthew Croft. And he actually ends up being, he's the dad of one of the, I've written hooligans, but I don't know what else, like the, the, the kids that were responsible for like the hate crime, that he, he's the dad of one of the kids that they think did that. Mm-hmm. So he gets called out by the town people because he had hunted on Ben's property three years ago and Jane had actually caught him in the act, hunt like hunting and called him out for it. So he says, he says like, yes, that happened. But like, I really like, I, I can't remember if he says this now or says it later. He's like, I respected Jane. Like I, when she told me to stop hunting, I did not. I never went, I haven't been back there. Okay. But they also kind of through this like community sourcing of information, they find it, they kind of narrow it down that Jane was killed with a wooden hunting arrow and a wooden bow, which is very rare to hunt with nowadays, but that's the only, um, a wooden arrow is the one that would have the feathers on it. Mm -hmm. And so you have to fire a wooden arrow with a wooden bow is kind of, I, again, I don't know too much about this, but that's what they're saying in the book. So it's very rare. You're not going to find that anywhere. So it kind of does limit, narrow things down of who it could be. Okay. So not anyone could have done it, but someone who really had an interest in hunting and had these rare materials yes exactly so uh, and then at the end of the meeting Yolande is there and she makes an announcement about the funeral and she kind of they're describing her as she's almost playing an act like she looks sad but like too sad it's like they call her she's taking the position of chief mourner like she wants to be the most sad no one should be sadder than her <laughs> so, it's weird. so she's so people think that she's kind of faking it that's that's the vibe she's giving off so while searching the archery club, which they've been doing, I think some of the police officers were searching it while this meeting was happening, they find arrow tips, like hunting arrow tips in an unlocked drawer, and there's 12 of them. So what have been like, what they think would have happened is that they would have gone like the archery club was kind of help, like helped out by the community. So they would have gone around town collecting old arrows from people who didn't use them anymore for hunting. And you can take the hunting tip off of the tip of the arrow and put on a recreational target practice tip. Ah, oh. so that could have been the murder weapon as well. It's possible, yeah, that you someone could have just changed out the tips from the arrows from the archery club. They're saying you would have had to be skilled because, again, the hunting arrow tips like have razor blades on them, so you, have, you would have had to know what you're doing. Otherwise, you would have like teared up your fingers. And while they're talking, Gamash leaves the room to take a phone call. And while he's on the phone, he sees that Clara, this is where everyone is kind of sitting in the bistro after the church meeting and having uh, lunch. And Clara is going over to Yolande to give her condolences about her aunt. So Clara, Jane's best friend, Yolande, Jane's niece. Mm -hmm. And basically Yolande is extremely rude to Clara. She says that Clara stole Jane from their family and that family like didn't respect Clara or like that kind of thing. Like she just tears her down, even though Yolande knows that Clara is Jane's best friend. Like it's, it's a sight to watch type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yolande is really suspicious so far. But I don't know if the author is yeah, purposefully is. leading us down that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you gotta be careful. <laughs> yeah. So a little bit later, Gamash and Bobo are on our walk through the woods. And while they're kind of out, they're approached by Clara, who just kind of wants to say, like, this is kind of a strange coincidence. 
and she tells them how Jane had decided to show her work just a few days before. Like she's like, on Friday, she's telling the police on Friday, Jane told like had decided that she was going to show her work for the first time. And I just think it's kind of a coincidence that two days later, you know, she was killed. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it's just an accident, maybe it's not, but I just wanted to let you know. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of forgot about the painting. Yeah, right? She's kind of bringing that back in and saying, like, maybe it's just a coincidence, but, you know, the police, you should know. So then they go to visit, the police go to visit the lawyer. Um, and so he tells them that the will was written 10 years ago by Jane. And basically the bulk of the, the estate goes to Yolande with some small bequests to Ruth and Timmer. I don't think they tell us how much is in the will at this point. Okay. So, but it's basically, it's just going getting to the, like, Yolanda is going to get all the money. The, like the will leaves it all, all to her. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're asking like, are you sure there wasn't a later will written? And the notary like lawyer guy is like, definitely not. Like she, like, why would, she's basically saying, how dare you? Why would like, why do you think my client would go anywhere else? But they're kind of like, okay, we'll look into it. Okay. That's kind of a weird reaction. A little bit, but he didn't seem like a great guy. I don't know. Forget about him. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to guess that he was a murderer. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) So from the lawyer's office, they go to visit the Arts Williamburg place. And so that's where that jury that holds the art uh, showing, I I forget what they call it, but whatever, like the the, the art competition. Yeah. yeah. Arts Williamburg is what it's called. And so they're going there to see Jane's art because they're kind of like, I think we should know what's going on. And Claire is there and... They ask her about Timmer's death because this they're kind of trying to connect like Fair's Day was painted to represent the same day of Timmer's death. Like they're wondering, they're kind of saying, isn't it a little weird that both these old women died within a couple months of each other? Mm-hmm. Although Timmer's death wasn't suspicious. Like she had been dying of cancer for like years. And so this wasn't sudden. So yeah, so Claire kind of tells them about the cancer and she says that it was unexpected in the sense that Timmer was having a good day that day. And so in that sense, it was just like, it was unexpected, but the doctor was kind of saying it could be any day in terms of the cancer killing her. So how did she die exactly? She was at the fair and collapsed? So she, she was bedridden for months and what they were, or for weeks or for that small period of time before her death. And what they were doing is people from the town would go, just go sit with her and talk to her all day. And so the day of the fair, it had been Ruth's turn to sit with her and because Timmer had been having a good day, Ruth had gone to the fair for like an hour. And when she came back, Timmer was dead. Whoa. Okay. So definitely suspicious. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But they're just saying like she succumbed to her illness. Mm-hmm. Then Claire kind of points out people in the painting. And she's again kind of describing how they're basically stick figures, but you can still recognize them. And Gamash can kind of see it himself. Like even though he hasn't lived in the town, he can, he can point out the people that he's met. Then they go to visit the... Croft household. So Matthew Croft was the guy who people were accusing of hunting three years ago. And his son, Philip Croft, was um, one of the, the boys who committed a hate crime. One of the home. Uh, also, I've been calling it a hate crime. Yeah, they don't write about it in the book like that. But I feel like that's a serious thing. And you should probably call it how it is. Yeah. So this is when he kind of he they've gone to his house because they he had promised to give them an archery demonstration because he still had his archery equipment. And he, this is when he says that he respected Jane a lot. He'd gone to visit her occasionally because she was actually his old teacher. So Jane, again, having lived in this town all her life, um, when she was like 
young, she'd become a teacher and she had taught at what was the new, like the current, the schoolhouse and is now the old schoolhouse. Like that's not used anymore, but she had taught everyone, like every, all the like young people in town. Mm-hmm. So Matthew was one of her old students. And shortly when they're talking to Matthew, Suzanne, his wife emerges from the basement and she's looking very pale. They kind of describe her as ghost-like and she had looked kind of apprehensive at the meeting earlier in the morning like the one at the church but now she looks terrible like she looks sickly almost and so they're like what is going on with her and the police are purposefully asking softball questions to Matthew and Suzanne before getting to what they actually want to ask about which is where is your son Philip he's he we know he was part of the that hate crime earlier in the week and we want to talk to him and so Suzanne tells them he's out he's out of the house she's not sure when they'll be home when he'll be home and the police tell her, listen, we're going to talk to him, like whether you want us to or not. So either it can be in your home where it's like a comfortable environment or we're going to bring him into the station. So they're not like kind of threatening her a little bit, but they're kind of just saying this is going to happen. So do it your way or our way. Yeah. So after saying that, they go out to shoot arrows and to test that out. And they're really impressed by the strength that it takes to not only like string. So the way it works is you have like your wooden bow and then you put the when you're using it you put the string on it like put and then that's what you pull back to shoot and when you're not using it you take the string off Mm -hmm. so they're impressed with one the strength it takes to put that string on but then also the strength it takes to pull back the string and fire like shoot an arrow they are saying like it looks you need a lot of strength yeah i tried archery once i was definitely sore for like a full three days after (laughs) (laughs) maybe you can appreciate what they talk about next is with beginners Matthew Croft demonstrates and he's able to like fire the arrow at the target, no problem. Then Inspector Beauvoir, who is with them, he he wants to try it out. So he tries shooting it and he, when he releases the string, the arrow goes flying, doesn't hit the target, but also the string hits his elbow and it like gives him a bruise, like hits him really hard. (laughs) So he's, he's kind of hurt. And then Inspector Gamash, he also wants to try, but he gets Matthew Croft to teach him how to properly hold the bow so he doesn't get hit with a string. Mm -hmm. Then at this point, they offer Croft a deal. Gamash had kind of noticed, he thinks that there's something in the basement because Suzanne had come out of the basement looking all like pale. He thinks there's something down there they don't want them to see. So they offer the Crofts, the parents, a deal. They won't interview the son if they can see the basement, like go down into the basement. And the parents take the deal. Mm. So we kind of jump cut away from this. We're like leaving that excitement. And we go to, um, at the same time, Clara is talking to Peter. Like they, her and her husband are on a walk. And she's telling Peter why she approached Yolande in the bistro at lunch earlier that day. And she's saying that she needed to hear the husband's laugh. And it was this ugly, mean laugh. Like someone is laughing at you to inflict pain. And the reason she wanted to hear that laugh is because that's exactly how Jane had described the laugh of one of the kids who had like thrown the manure earlier in the week. And so she's kind of insinuating that maybe it was Andre, the husband's son who was involved, who was one of those boys that Jane saw. Okay. Wait, so Andre is Yolan's son? I thought that was the husband's name. Yeah. Andre is Yolan's husband. But um, Claire's kind of saying maybe that the husband and the son have the same laugh. Um, I forget the name of the son, but it, w- it will come up later. Okay. We haven't met him yet. Okay, so now we go back to the basement, the exciting part. So the police, while they're searching, they find a quiver. So quiver is like what um, you would wear on your back that holds the arrows. 
and they find that it currently is only holding five arrows, although it has space for six. And so they kind of go, where's the sixth arrow? And Matthew Croft is like, oh, I must have lost it years ago. But they can tell based on the impression of the leather that that arrow had been in there recently and now wasn't there anymore. Not only that, but when they continue searching, they find at the entrance to the furnace, which it's a wood-burning furnace, um, an old bow that's an old wooden bow, a hunting bow, and an axe sitting beside it. So immediately the police get a warrant to search the rest of the house. Okay, so the Croft family are definitely suspects number one right now. <laughs> Something is going on for sure, what, but what is it? And so when they search the house, they find a metal arrow tip in the furnace, like in the, um, there's something at the, because it's wood burning, there's something to collect like ash or whatever outside of the furnace. And they find an arrow tip. And then they also find that Philip has been in his room the whole time. Okay, Philip was in the house the whole time. Mm-hmm. So how are you feeling about everything so far? I think definitely the Croft family, there's something suspicious going on. Mm-hmm. It seems weird that Philip has been hiding out this whole time. Uh-huh. Hmm, I don't know. I'm really curious to know what's inside Jane's house. Like, I feel like whatever we find there will probably be important to the story. And Good question. Kind yeah. of everything that's going on with the painting. Like, why did she paint that? It's, could we see yeah. the murder depicted in the painting? Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Good questions. Let's keep going and find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so Gamash goes into, they come back into town and he goes into the bookstore in town in Three Pines where he meets Myrna for the first time, the owner. And they talk about loss in people's lives. He was holding or have, would have been looking at one of her books, which was, I think, titled Loss, or she was showing it to him. So they're talking about that. And Myrna says that she was a psychiatrist in Montreal. And so she kind of has that understanding of if you're not able to change, you just leave this still life of waiting for something to happen. And if that ties into just like problems in people's lives. And so that's interesting because that's what the title is. The title is Still Life. And so this is where that title came from, Oh, this conversation. And so then Myrna talks of Timmer and how much she had liked Timmer. Like she just really thought that Timmer, that... Um, she liked her conversations with Timmer and they talked about these, she's saying this because these were the kind of conversations that they had were about people standing still and not changing and um, not being able to accept loss. And Gamash feels that Myrna's holding something back, but he's not sure what it is yet. Okay. So Gamash buys a book while he's there and then he goes back into the bistro for a drink. And while he's reading, the coroner arrives with her. She's finished her inspection of the body and has her report. And she says that Jane was shot, like, straight through the heart. Whoa. And so her opinion is that she's kind of saying a good bow hunter did this. And good bow hunters don't make mistakes. So she's not saying it, but Gamash can understand what she's saying is that this is no accident. Okay, so the shooter definitely wouldn't have bruised his elbow from trying to shoot a bow. No. And then they talk about, uh, this is, he's still talking with the coroner. The coroner is from, she's not from Montreal. She's from one of these small towns around here. So she kind of knows people in the community. So they're talking about the art community in town. And the coroner says that Peter was a very good artist. Like he is, his, his wife, Clara, not so good. She's not selling very much, but Peter actually does sell his art. Like in Montreal or at kind of those expositions. And she likes her, his art. So she talks about that. And she says that she feels she had always felt sorry for Ben. Ben is Timmer's um, son. Mm -hmm. And 
she kind of has this impression or and I think a lot of people around town have this impression that he was emasculated by his mother like it was kind of like he he was at her whim like he just did whatever she said to do type thing then Clara takes a break we kind of jump to Clara and her point of view she's taking a break from her work she's been working on this new piece and she decides to go for a walk in the woods and at the same time so does Gamash so always fun Mm. <laughs> and so while the watch goes out he finds a hunting blind in the woods and so what that is it's like this um this like almost treehouse structure that you would build near deer always run in like the same path like they they take the same path through the woods mm-hmm. and you can't really see it when you're standing on the ground but when you're up in the trees you can see where the trees part a little bit and you'd be able to see the deer and so you build this thing called a blind and i think it's called a blind for the reason of like the deer can't see you but you can see them and so gamash finds this and while he's standing up there he sees clara walk underneath him in the woods and so he invites her to come up and see the deer trail that he can see so would you be able to see wherever jane was walking from that blind That's his idea. And the reason for that is that book that he bought when he was in the bookstore with Myrna was called The Boy's Big Book of Hunting. And so he had read about a blind, a hunting blind in that book. And he had this thought that he should go back to where Jane was shot and see if he could find something similar. And he was able to. So he's not saying that the person who shot Jane would have been up there, but he's kind of thinking there's a possibility. Mm -hmm. So together, Claire and Gamash go back to the bistro and Claire is just talking to him about... He's she's telling him about Andre's laugh, Andre Malafont's laugh. And so Claire's telling Gamache that she thinks Bernard was actually one of the boys that threw the manure and that Jane kind of called out. And so she's saying maybe this son, Bernard, he wanted to get even with Jane for recognizing them and so had killed her. Wow. She's just again theorizing. That would Yeah, I know that's a (laughs) it's a bold, bold accusation. Yeah. There you go. Um, and then she describes Timmer as like a hateful woman and had treated Ben very badly. And I, I, she kind of maybe tells Gamash some stories about how um, Peter and Ben had g- gone to the same boarding school and that's how they had met and become friends. And she talks about how Ben was like seven when he had been sent to this boarding school and he hadn't wanted to go. Like his mom had forced him to go. And so this kind of idea of like she was like she controlled him all his life. Okay. So Clara... Didn't she say that Clara and Timmer were friends, but Clara didn't have a good opinion of her way of mothering? Um, Clara Clara and Timmer, I don't think, were friends. Ruth, Jane, and Timmer were friends because they had all grown up together. But oh, Clara okay. hadn't lived in the town all her life. She, like, moved here a decade ago. Gotcha. So then Gamash questions her about Jane finally. He had heard from... Um, Olivier that Jane had invited everyone into the her living room for the first time. So he's questioning Clara about this. And Clara's saying, oh, yeah at our Thanksgiving dinner party when she she kind of said we were all talking about Fair Day and this painting that she unveiled. And she said that after the Art Williams opening next Thursday or whatever the day was a few weeks from then when it was going to open, she was going to have everyone over for drinks in her living room after afterwards for the evening. And so it's just this like it's this other new thing of how no one's ever been allowed into her living room. And now for some reason, she's allowing people into her living room. Whoa, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. But that never happened. No, it never happened because it was two weeks away. And Yolan's not letting anyone into the house, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That evening, Peter and Clara have everyone over for dinner. 
And Peter is mad at Clara right now because he's mad that Clara had been talking to the police and hadn't like invited him to go with her. And so that's kind of, there's, there's clearly something more going on in their relationship that's not talked about in the book, but for some reason he's really upset with her. But the, just as the dinner party as a whole, they're discussing the police searching the Croft house and how no one can really picture the Crofts doing it. Like they can't picture Matthew, which they're like, no, like he, you know, he, he, he liked hanging out with Jane. We can't picture him doing it. And so Ben suggests that maybe it was an accident and not sure maybe Matthew wouldn't admit to an accident because technically he was trespassing and all these other things. Like maybe he, he'd feel too bad. And they also say that that hunting blind that was near the body was built by Matthew Croft's father. Mm. He's not alive anymore. And then they discuss the, the whole, the whole group of them kind of discuss what's going on and like, was this an accident? Was it on purpose? Blah, 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 blah. And they decide that and Ben or Ben concludes if Matthew did it, it was on purpose. Okay. Why does he think that? I think it's this idea that like, like Matthew's a good hunter. He's a good, he's a good shot. And again, it was like his, yeah, and a shot through the heart would be really hard to do as an accident. Yeah, so I think it's kind of that idea. Oh, it was, uh, and then also, they're kind of saying only locals would know about the hunting blind. Like, it wouldn't be a, a stranger wouldn't come in and know that that thing was, there, that structure was there and go up it. You had to be a local and know about it. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, a different house, the Crocs are eating dinner, and both the parents, Matthew and Suzanne, are thinking about their son. And they're just both very, very worried. And they're wondering, why did his attitude change six months ago? Like, he used to be so loving and, like, we had they had such a good family relationship. But six months ago, he became, like, very depressed and um, pushed, like, pushing his family away and kind of taking out his anger on them. And they also kind of were both thinking, they're not saying this out loud, but they know what's going to happen tomorrow when the, they know everything from their basement has been set in, sent in for testing and they... They know what their results are going to be. So do we know anything about Philip? Like, do we know if he's good at hunting as well? No, we don't. Okay. So the next morning, Gamash gets up to go. He gets up super early to go sit in the green, like the village green in town. He just wants to like watch the town wake up. And so he kind of says when he ends up leaving there around 7 or 8 a.m., he says after watching the town wake up, he saw what he wanted to see which is a little suggestive, but also no one tells us what that is. Wait, so he woke up early and he went to go see something and he saw what he needed to see? Yeah, he goes to sit in the village green. So the way the village is structured is like there's this park in town, village green. It's like, I think maybe circular and all of the houses and shops kind of go around that. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe like a semicircle with streets going off. And so he's gone to just sit on a bench in, in the green and be able to watch the whole town wake up as like he's gotten up at like five in the morning and you just watch slowly as people's lights come on and they get up and do like let their dogs out or go for a walk or whatever okay what could he have seen interesting yeah so peter and clara this morning have seemingly made up i think clara apologized to peter but there's still it feels to them or feels to Clara like there's still something that's been unsaid and she's not sure what what is wrong with their relationship right now. And then she also is kind of thinking to herself that she thinks that Jane made a will earlier that year that Jane and Timmer had gone to someone in town to make a will. Mm-hmm. But kind of Peter just tells her to drop it. And if there's another will, the police will find it. So at that morning police briefing, they talk about how Andre Malafont had filed a work complaint against Matthew Croft uh, Matthew Croft was like the the supervisor for um, the roads construction. 
mm-hmm. that Andre Malafon had worked for. And Andre had said that uh, Matthew had beaten him up, but the case was thrown out as being clearly false. Or, or that's the, that's the, um, that's kind of what you get from their description. Okay, so Andre has a history of lying. That's a really interesting couple. Like, both Yolan and Andre yeah. both seem to have yeah. an inclination to lie and fake. <laughs> True. Then the other thing, Agent Nickel had been tasked with finding it out if there was another will. Like, they had given her that job. And so they asked her if she had found if there was a newer will. And she lies and says that there wasn't one, even though she never went looking. She didn't even check. Oh. Because... She's so set on, she thinks that it was Philip who did it. And she's like, why does it matter if there is a new will? Philip did it, so it doesn't matter. So she doesn't even look for it. And then she lies and says that there wasn't one. That's weird. So we still don't know. We still don't know anything about the will. What yeah. it comes down to. Was she just lazy? Like, it's not a... Yeah, you get this, like, character trait from her. It's She seems just, like, so entitled and, uh, like, she's always right and everyone else is wrong. And so... I don't know. No, it's yeah. it's like not even laziness. It's, it's like, well, like she really thought, why would I go looking for a will? Like, why would I waste my time when it doesn't matter? Yeah. Even though, who cares if it doesn't matter or not? Like, it's information. Maybe that's why she's still a junior uh, officer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. So at 10, 15 a.m., everyone's kind of just waiting around for Gamache to get a phone call from the lab. And at 10, 15 a.m., the lab results are in. He gets a call. So meanwhile, during the morning, the Crofts have been waiting for the police. Suzanne is especially upset. It's taken her the entire morning to get dressed because putting on each item of clothing has just been so exhausting for her. Mm. And so when they when the police arrive, the like Matthew Croft is expecting them, everyone's expecting them, and they kind of say, We've brought this man, he works with the like he's he's done not with the police, he works with the government and he's here to like interview Philip. And so they go upstairs to see him and when they're talking to him, he looks almost like triumphant. Like Gamash is kind of describing how normally you see fear or like people are scared or like different reactions, but triumphant is not one of them. Huh. And so they tell him that Jane Neal's blood was found on his clothes and the bow and his fingerprints had also been found on the bow. And so they kind of ask him what happened. And he's like, well, you tell me what happened. And so they tell him what they think happened, which is that he went out in the morning he wanted to, like him and his dad were in a fight. And so he wanted to like take his bow and he by accident shot Jane Neal um, and then had been too scared to say anything. And Philip denies everything. He says that, the no, that's not what happened. It was actually his father who had come home that morning with the bow and arrow in his trunk and had made Philip take it down to the basement. And Philip thinks that Matthew was trying to frame him because the basement was like his responsibility to clean. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I know. It's it's a little confusing. So Gamache asks to see Philip's left elbow and Philip shows him and they see the same bruise that Beauvoir had from the day before from trying to shoot fire, like shoot the arrow. So they ask Philip where he had got it from. And he says, where do you think? Obviously, my dad beats me. Huh. But mm-hmm. Gamache thinks that is probably because Philip is a bad archer. Is that the right term? Archer? Yeah. Yeah, Arthur. So Philip probably lied about the fact that his dad beat him. He probably got it from an archery bow because it's the same mm-hmm. bruise, right? Yeah, so that's what Gamache is thinking. Um, but I think Beauvoir, the other inspector, thinks differently. In any case, they go to question or they go to tell Matthew what happened. And Matthew, like the father, is like he looks shocked. But then after like a few seconds recovery, he admits that he had killed Jane Neal. 
whoa what he just straight out said yeah. he did it yeah yeah he straight up says yes everything everything that philip said is true like i killed her okay okay so, so they br- obviously bring him in <laughs> yeah except that there's several chapters left yeah. so. <laughs> can't be that easy <laughs> so they, t- um, they bring him into the police station to question him and saint remy and afterwards basically Kamosh thinks that Philip, that Matthew and Philip are like Matthew and Philip are lying, and that it's not Matthew. But Beauvoir disagrees. Beauvoir thinks it really is Matthew, um, and so because they have this disagreement, they they wait for the prosecutor to join them, mm-hmm. who's the one who would actually like go through with the case. Wait, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Beauvoir would go against his master, not just believing everything. Go not. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's he's not so much like his first description of himself as he Yeah, wants to. not that royal. Loyal. His his opinion is that like he's kind of saying to Kamash, if this if this kid says that his dad's beating him, like you have to believe him. You have no idea what goes on below behind closed doors. Like you know that. You know that abusers can act. Like that's one of their biggest traits is they're capable of acting innocent. Yeah. Like you have to think about this more. Is his opinion. But so anyways, they bring in the, the, the prosecutor and they're trying to figure out why is Philip so angry? And so they're kind of saying, is it just regular 14-year-old hormones? Like, is he just going through puberty and that's why he's so mad all the time? Is his father actually beating him? Is that true? Is someone else bullying him? Like, is there a bully at school and he's just projecting onto his family? Like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. They don't really come to a conclusion, but the prosecutor wants Matthew arrested. Like, she's like, no, I think he's admitting to guilt. He's saying he did it. We have to arrest him. But Kamash won't do it because he's, Inspector Kamash is like, I don't believe it. He's lying. So he gets suspended. He gets suspended and is no longer on the case. Whoa. Okay. Huh. So why would Matthew say that he did the murder? So he's obviously trying to protect someone else, maybe. Like the real murder rethinks what's the murder. Mm-hmm. And he w- wouldn't do that for mm-hmm. anyone other than, I guess, Philip or his wife. I don't think his wife would have mm-hmm. killed Jane. So, okay. There you go. So that's that's where we're at. So the funeral ends up being held two days later. And kind of what's notable about it is that it's held in a Catholic church and the whole sermon is in French. But Jane Neal was an Anglican and was English. So it's more of this personality trait of Yolande where she's not doing what Jane would have wanted, probably, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because the, the, the funeral... The funeral was not for Jane's friends. It was just for Yolande, basically. The friends, like the whole community ends up holding a memorial service for Jane that Sunday. And they're kind of saying it's exactly a week after her death. Um, And it's hosted by Jane Neal's friends. So Clara, Ruth, Myrna, Olivier, Gabriel, all those people. And Gamache, now not on the case, he's been, he's suspended. He attends anyways, because he kind of feels this connection to all of these people now. Mm. Afterwards, there's a potluck in the basement of the church, and he mentions to Ruth that he had recognized um, her name as being Ruth Kemp. And he, he's kind of saying, like, I, I, I love your poetry. Like, I've, I've always read your poetry. Um, and then while they're talking, Clara interrupts because the reason Gamash had known about Ruth Kemp is because the notary, like the lawyer who had talked about the will, he brings up that, like, Ruth Kemp was the executor of the will. And so that's how you piece together that Ruth Kemp and the Ruth from Three Pines in the town are the same person. And Clara interrupts and goes, wait, wasn't the notary a woman, not a man? And he, she's like, yeah, I'm pretty, like, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure Jane went to see a different lawyer earlier this year. And Gamash, upon hearing this, he's like, can you call her? There's another will. Yeah, right? 
Yeah. So Gamache is like, I can't do anything on a professional capacity, but you should call her because if there's another will, you need to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh-huh. Wait, so Ruth was on... Wait, what does an executor mean on a will? <laughs> um, so how... This is... I only know this from reading Agatha Christie books, but you're, you like name executors on your will and those people... I think have to be present for the will to be read. Like they're basically in charge of making sure that your like wishes and requests from your will are made. Okay. Like a witness to the will kind of. Uh, A witness would be different. Like a witness, a witness has to be someone who's not left anything in the will. They have to be like totally separate. An executor would be someone who you'd say like um, the executor would make sure that if you wanted to be cremated, you got cremated, I think. Okay. Gotcha. Or that makes sure that like the will gets read. What was the relationship between Ruth and Jane again? Because Ruth was on the will, right? Yeah, Ruth and Jane were good friends. They had been friends since they like childhood. They've grown up together. I think good. Yeah. Not too sure because again, like James, Jane was died, so we don't get to see that in the book. But you get that impression they've been friends, like lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. Good enough to put her on the will. Good enough to put her on the will. Yeah. So after the service, this memorial service, all of the women from town get together to have a separate ritual. And what they're doing is they have this stick that they kind of pierce into the soil where Jane had been found dead. And they tie things to the stick that remind them of Jane with ribbon. So an old photograph or maybe they always drank tea together and they attach a tea mug or things like that that remind them of Jane. Mm -hmm. And as Clara is watching it and watching all the ribbons flutter in the wind. She notices something higher up in the woods and she looks up to a tree and sees an arrow. <gasps> like flying towards her or just on the tree? No, no, it's, it's, it's stuck in a tree. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so at the same time that this is happening, Gamash and Ben are sitting on a bench watching the ritual happen. And Gamash turns to Ben and asks, how long, you, how long have you been in love with her? Speaking about Clara. And Ben says that the love has always been there. He just tries to kind of suppress it because Claire and Peter, like Claire and his best friend, Peter, are married. Like they're together. Yeah. Wow. How did Gamash figure that out? I, I didn't mention it earlier, but when they, when Claire and him had been sitting in the bistro after discovering the hunting blind, he had noticed that Ben kept looking over and kind of just looking at Clara. Mm. So while they're talking, Clara runs out of the woods because she's just seen this arrow and she tells Gamash about it, who he immediately calls Beauvoir. And shortly after, they're questioning, they've taken the arrow down from the tree and they're questioning Matthew Croft about it. And he admits that the arrow that they've just found in the tree was his grandfather's arrow and would have been the sixth arrow that should have been in the quiver. So they're kind of realizing that the arrow they burned in their furnace was not one of his arrows. Okay. So they kind of, and so he admits that he was lying to protect his son. And so then they go to, they question the, the Philip and Philip tells them what happened. So they just realized that the arrow Philip fired, because Philip was lying, he had shot into the woods and hit the tree. But when Philip had gone to search for it, he had found the bloody arrow that had killed Jane and found Jane's body. And so all of these lies have been made up. Okay, so Philip thought that he had killed Jane with the arrow that he shot. But yes. actually, because he was so bad at archery... <laughs> It flew up somewhere yes, else. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. So, and then that, br- that probably that bruise on his left arm was from our tree. Mm-hmm. So they're cleared of suspicions. Who else could it be? Do we know about the archery skills of anyone else in the town? Do we know who's in the archery club? Um, we I think we just know that Ben and Peter kind of run the archery club. I don't think we know any of the members. Oh, okay. 
Oh, okay. I didn't know that they ran the archery club. Okay, yeah, they they hold the keys to the, the schoolhouse. And right. They, were, they ran the archery club. Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, so I think now Peter is my number one suspect because for some reason mm. he's been trying to get Clara to stop talking to the police or he's been, you know, telling her to just drop it. So he, he's been acting kind of suspicious. And mm. I don't know, the fact that Ben loves Clara, like maybe this is like a passion crime, though I don't know if Ben was involved in this as well. Interesting. No, that doesn't make sense for it to be passion crime. Yeah, but there's something suspicious with Peter and also the boys. We never found out anything about Bernard. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, okay. I'm keeping, keeping more of an eye on Peter now. <laughs> okay, okay. So Gamash gets unsuspended and he's put back in charge of the case now that like it was proved that Matthew was lying and he had nothing to do with it. And separately, Clara calls that lawyer and her name is Solange Frenette. Not important, but she's the she was the most recent lawyer and she goes... She hadn't heard that it was Jane who had been the one that died. And she asks her, will you please come to my office tomorrow morning and bring the police with you? Mm-hmm. So later, Gamash goes back to Myrna, the book bookstore owner, to figure out what she was holding back. If you remember when he first talked to her, he felt like she was yeah. holding something back from him. And so now he's like, "You, I know, I know there's something you have to tell me. And so she tells him that Timmer, something that Timmer had told her, it was that Br- Ruth had been the one that broke up Jane's marriage. And so they're kind of talking about this, that man that Jane had been engaged to or like almost married when she was younger, like when she was 17 or 18 or something. Mm-hmm. Ruth had been the one that went to Jane's parents and told them about the secret engagement. And then Jane's parents had made sure that Jane couldn't see the man anymore. Whoa. So Jane wasn't a very good friend. But she put you on the will, Ruth. Ruth. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Did I say Jane? I meant Ruth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's now there's this idea of like, did Ruth know that Timmer knew, and did Jane know that Ruth knew, or did R- Ruth know that Jane? Did Jane know? Yeah. Okay, that was confusing. Yeah. But they they don't know. Did Jane know that Ruth had like tattled on her, and did Ruth know that Jane knew? If Jane did know, <laughs> that's confusing. But those are like okay so so maybe maybe ruth so she had a motive to kill timmer to keep her quiet about that so jane wouldn't change her will and ruth would still get something Mm -hmm. from her maybe jane secretly Mm -hmm. yeah had really valuable furniture like someone said earlier in her house that could go to jane i mean ruth i keep messing up their names their names are not even similar (laughs) okay okay huh Maybe it's the same killer, yeah. but it seems like such a different method of killing between Timmer and Jane. Yeah. Well, it's just the idea of, like, we're definitely getting into something. Something's going on. Yeah, yeah. All right. What's next? So at the same time that this is going on, Beauvoir is visiting with Yolande and Andre in their home in the, like, bigger town of St. Remy. And the house is uber clean, is how he describes it. Like, you can smell the cleaning products everywhere. And... It's almost unsettling and it's clearly Yolande's work. It's this idea of hers that like she needs to have a perfect house. Mm-hmm. One of the things they describe is that her blinds, she has the patterns on both sides. And he's kind of thinking about how normally you either have the blinds, like the, the pattern faces into your house or faces out of your house. You don't normally have it facing both ways. Like that's double the material to have that happen. Yeah. So that's, that's the idea of the house of it being this like super planned put together clean house so when he goes into the basement he finds that that's clearly andre the husband's area because it's 
dirty like it's gross <laughs> and in the basement he finds a dirty bow and so he asks Andre about it and he kind of gets out of him that he hunts on Sundays Sunday was the day Jane had murdered and he had been out last Sunday because he was like oh yeah I caught a deer oh bow hunting okay so we have another murder weapon a little, yeah, a little bit. The issue with this is that the bow that they find is a like a metal hunting bow, so it wouldn't have been this. He you wouldn't have been able to fire the same arrows. Mm. But he is a hunter. So when Beauvoir got back from Yolande's house, him and Gamache are able to enter Jane's house for the first time. And the reason for this is because under the um, the original guidelines, they either had to prove that it was a murder investigation or that the will had been changed. And now it's a murder investigation. Like they're treating this as murder. It's not an accident anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they get inside the house and basically they say it's terrible. There's velvet <laughs> smiley face wallpaper on the walls in the living room and the floors are painted pink and they're just like, this is an atrocity. This is terrible. Like, oh my gosh. Wow, that sounds awful. So it's just like the painting. It was just really terrible. And that's why Jane hit it. <laughs> yeah. They're really confused. They're like, why? They just don't understand that. Why would anyone do this to their home? Like, and the other thing is that the room is filled with antique furniture. And so why it's like, she has clearly has taste. If she likes antique furniture, why would she do this to her walls? And then after searching the entire house, they find another strange thing. They can't find, they're able to find paint in the basement, but there's no easel and there's no like pictures on any of the walls. So it's very weird. Uh Huh? So Jane probably wouldn't have painted or painting in her house. Yeah, they're it's, they're very they're confused exactly, and they're also like this isn't a reason to keep your friends out of your house for decades. Like <laughs> and we get it, it's like not my taste, but that's like your friends would get over it, you know. Like why would you keep or if you if you were so embarrassed about it, why didn't you change it? Like it's just wallpaper. Like you could repaint the floors, like that kind of thing. Uh huh. Hmm. So. The next morning at their, like, police briefing, Gamash asks Nickel why she had lied about the will. Because when you remember, like, the day before or days earlier or a week ago or whatever it was, she said there was no other will. And now they know that's not true. Like, they've found the second will. Yeah. It was written earlier that year. And Agent Nickel doubles down and says, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I called this person and they said there was not another will. So really not like in this new rookie agent. Yeah, she'd probably stay a rookie forever if she acts this way. <laughs> yeah. So Gamash decides that the last thing, he's been trying to help her and trying to show her that what, like, her actions, she's not making a good agent, like a good police officer. And so the last things he decides to do is to show her what her future is going to look like, and that being this woman, Ruth, who was one of the friends. And the reason for that is he, she's described as, like, this kind of vengeful, mean woman, and he's, he's showing agent nickel that this is what this is how you're acting right now if you keep acting this way this is how people feel about you mm-hmm. so they go into her house and gamash confronts her about timmer knowing she had tattled on jane about that marriage like decades ago and ruth knew ruth says that timmer had told her on the day of the parade so the day that pitch picture was painted and that's actually why she had left for an hour she said i like timmer told me and timmer Need, she basically told me she needed time alone and to come back in an hour. So I'd gone to the fair, I'd gone to the parade, and when I came back, she was she was dead. And then Ruth also says she had not told Jane. She was like, I, like, why would I tell her I'm leaving good enough alone? But she thinks that Timmer had planned to tell Jane. Okay. So again, Timmer's death, she just kind of passed away 
in her sleep, like she was just in her bed, there wouldn't have been any suspicion yeah. of the murder. No, because she said she had had cancer for years. Like they just, it was yeah. The doctors just like it just makes sense that she succumbed. Like she was, she this was a fatal. She was fatally ill or terminally <laughs> ill, or whatever. Do we know the contents of the new will yet? No, but we are literally about to find out. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's the people that go are Clara, Peter, Ruth, and the police go to see what's in the new will. And so they go to this new this new lawyer. And basically what ends up happening is that everything, which ends up being half a million dollars. What? I think it was a quarter of a million dollars. Still a lot of money. Is left to Clara. And... There's some other bequests. I think Ruth was left Jane's car and there's some other things, but basically everything is left to Clara. And the only thing Jane asks is that Clara throws a party for her, like for after her death and lets every one of her friends, which she's listed the friends, um, get to choose an item from her house to keep for themselves. Uh, okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So what was worth all that money? The antique furniture? I, I We're not sure. I think her... She might have just had family, some family money. The house itself was part of that price. Yeah, maybe the furniture. I think the, I think the antique furniture he has is like really, really good stuff. Like that just, yeah, just all added up. Mm-hmm. So there is some suspicion at this point, a little bit from the police, because Claire and Peter were not like well off. Like they're basically the typical starving artists where Claire wasn't really making any money and Peter was kind of just making enough to survive off of. Mm-hmm. So then that because now that this is like Clara's house, she's the one who's inheriting it, they police ask that Clara and Peter come to see the house. And basically they walk through the doors and start laughing hysterically when they see the wallpaper and just how like atrocious 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 it is. <laughs> and <laughs> so they're laughing and laughing, and then they kind of realize that this it feels like this wallpaper was put up to cover something else up and they kind of realize who would do that who would cover something else up and they realize that Yolanda had like a week in this house by herself and Yolanda had this opportunity so they start trying to peel up the wallpaper and underneath they find Jane's paintings like the entire walls are covered with Jane's painting and it's that similar style of the fair day day where it's just like you can tell who the people are it's it's that kind of like art mm-hmm. but was Yolan trying to cover that up or was she trying to well it wouldn't be her aesthetic at all to paint it that way she was definitely trying to hide something yeah there's definitely more confusion going on for sure yeah so and Gamash is convinced inspector Gamash is convinced that the key to the murder lies somewhere in those paintings on the walls and so we ask Claire and Peter as artists they'll know what to do like can you get can you take off like the pink paint off the floor and the paint in some of the other rooms and the wallpaper and reveal what's underneath it and so they say Claire and Peter say they'll try and they actually end up inviting Ben over who was also like he was a very I don't know that he was a painter but he like maybe dabbled in it maybe he also is a painter I feel like everyone in this town is a painter (laughs) um but they know that he's very detail-oriented, so they know that he'll do a good job of removing the wallpaper. Yeah. And so the three of them spent a couple of days trying to get all this wallpaper off and stuff. I bet that uh, everyone living in this small town have nothing to do, that they're just all painters or all writers. <laughs> yeah. Like us during quarantine. I started to paint a little bit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Gamash is sure that it has something to do with the murder again like that I guess just to reiterate <laughs> yeah okay so there might be something depicted in the paintings that say 
maybe who the murderer for the for Timur was. I don't know. Possibly. Not it's just I'm sure they need to like uncover it. So also because of this, they get a warrant to search Yolande and Andre's house. And they find behind a picture in um, like the master bedroom, find a bunch of Jane's sketches that were done of past fair day, fair's day, fair, fair days, <laughs> country fair days. <laughs> so it's the idea that like Jane, Jane every year would sketch the fair oh. and she had sketches going back however many years. And Inspector Beauvoir gets them to admit, gets Yolande to admit that she only kept those pictures because she was trying to, she was going to try and sell them to Jane's friends and like make money off of them. Because in her, her and the rest of Jane's family, she's obviously the only living survivor. All the family thought that Jane's artwork was disgusting and terrible. And they were like, no one should have to see this. <laughs> and basically you're kind of getting this idea no, it's terrible, right? You're getting this idea that the family mocked her so much that she was terrified to show her art to anyone. And so that's why she wouldn't show anyone her art or let anyone into her, her house. Damn, such an awful family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel bad no, for her. Terrible. Yeah. They confiscate those pictures, obviously, that were behind the, the painting. So then the police kind of come back to their, their meeting room and they discuss possible suspects. And so they're kind of like Clara and Peter... Like both would technically like they're inheriting from Jane. They they say, and it didn't seem like they knew about the will, but that Jane might have said something to them about how much money there was. So it's Claire and Peter, and then they say possibly Ben. They can't. They're trying to find a motive for him. They're kind of they're kind of more saying is that he had opportunity because he was part of the archery club, so he could have mm-hmm. like he would have had access. He might have been a good shot, but they're not sure exactly what his motive for killing Jane would be. Um, and then there's Ruth, and so she, they don't think that she would be able to shoot an arrow like um shoot a bow and arrow because she wouldn't have the strength but they do think that she had motive like they can kind of tie in timmer's death a little bit with it yeah like she didn't want her relationship with jane to be ruined and then obviously yolande andre or bernard that whole family they they probably didn't know about the other will and so they thought that they would be inheriting right but i think the timing must be really important here that the painting was unveiled and then she died a few days later would yolande and andre Mm -hmm. would would they have known that Jane was entering that contest? Maybe. Probably not, although it's possible. So they, they ask about like who would have known about Jane's painting. And so Claire kind of says, oh, well, it was just me, like the rest of the jury. But then she admits, oh, we also talked about it at our friend's giving that night. So okay, so Claire, Peter, the rest of the jury, all their friends. And then theoretically, if the friends had said anything to anyone else. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> okay. There must be like we're getting to the end here. Some relationship between some of these characters that we don't know about yet. Like Ruth might have been an accomplice mm-hmm. to maybe Yolan and Andre, and someone could have let them know. Hmm. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So keep thinking about that, and I'll give you some more more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Gamash goes back to the bistro, and while he's kind of sitting there having a drink, he's told that there's going to be the part a party at Jane's house on Thursday after the art show, and he's kind of like, "Okay, I'm getting myself invited to this thing," because he thinks that the murderer might be revealed at the party or at the art show. Mm-hmm. And then Agent Lacoste comes by. She she had find, found something else in the Yolande Andre house while they were searching it, but she had found it in Bernard's room, and so she wants to go see Gamash. Um, in the bistro but as she's walking towards the bistro it's kind of like evening the son bernard he like attacks her and says you have to give me that thing like you can't 
um, it's mine. And he tries to like take her purse. Oh, he says, well, he's trying to take the purse away from her. He says, it's not even mine. And so we still don't know, we're not told what this thing is, but she kind of, she is able to like tell Gamash about it and Gamash like sees whatever it is. And he just, he just goes, okay, this is interesting, but we don't know what that item is in Bernard's room. Damn. Okay. I want to know. Yeah. What could it be? Um, <laughs> hmm, what could it be? Maybe like another wooden bow? No, but it would be something that she can fit into her purse, right? It was it was hidden it was also hidden behind like a photo frame on the wall. So something small. Yeah, something small. Like another arrow tip. I don't know. Okay. I'll keep going. We will find out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so the that night Agent Nicola is having trouble sleeping because she can kind of feel that she'd done something wrong. Obviously because she lied about there not being a will, but it's not she just has in her this mindset of like it's never her fault. So she's thinking, how did everything go wrong when it's staring in her face that she lied and shouldn't have lied? Yeah. So because she's just kind of lying in wake, like twisting and turning, she sees a light go on in Jane Neal's home from across the, the greenery. And so she immediately goes to wake up and warn Gamash. And then him and Beauvoir go straight to the house. They run over there. And when they get in, they find Clara and Ben are standing upstairs. And so they kind of question them about what they're doing there at three in the morning. And Clara says that she'd she had also just gotten up to go to the bathroom and had saw, seen the light on and she just found Ben there. Oh. And Ben says that he was just trying to get some more work done because Clara had kind of been for the last however many days, they'd all been like working on removing the paint and removing the wallpaper. Clara had been chastising Ben for working so slowly. And it's true. They kind of like talk about um, the portion of the wall that Ben has done is beautiful. He's done a really good job, but it's tiny in comparison to what Claire and Peter have accomplished. <laughs> but he was just saying that he felt so bad. He was trying to get like a head start on the day. Okay. Do people, so does it seem like he's being honest? Yeah, it kind of fits in with his personality. He's kind of just like this like sheepish, like, I didn't, I didn't realize this would be a problem. Like I, you know. Yeah, it's not. Even sp- if I keep working, <laughs> like that kind of attitude. Yeah, not suspicious at all to go into the dead woman's house early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's that idea of like, okay, dude. Really? <laughs> like, okay, sure. Yeah, it's kind of that. Like, basically, they're telling him, like, don't do this again. Okay. So then the next Thursday rolls around. And so Thursday was like the opening day of the Arts Williamsburg art, art gallery thing. And so there's lots of people, which is really abnormal. Normally, it's just like the friends and family of the artists. But because of Jane Neal's death and because her art was to be featured there, it's like a big crowd has turned out. And when they un- unveil the artwork, it's met with obviously like laughter and awe and kind of anger. People are like, how like this art is terrible. Like there's just so many reactions, which is exactly what they wanted. Oh, poor Jane. I know. While they're all looking at the artwork, Clara suggests she's kind of looking and she can see Timmer's parents and... I forget what else there's there, but Ruth has been painted as if she's, it's like her face, but on a goat. And they kind of, uh, Clara realizes, oh, I understand. This must have been a tribute to Timmer's life because it's titled Fair's Day, which is the day she died. And so then she kind of is like, that's why Ben, Jane, like thought that you'd like feel something from this painting because it's all about your like mother. Mm-hmm. Wait, so Timmer was in the or Timmer's parents were in the painting. How old are their, her parents? Oh, they're they're dead. But that's kind of the idea. So it's like it's not necessarily. Oh, um, so it's not a truthful depiction of the day. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily what she saw. It was just this idea. Yeah. Of what was happening? All right. 
And so they're kind of talking about this when Agent Nicola kind of comes up and smugly says that it can't be a tribute to Timmer because Yolande is in the picture and no one liked Yolande. <laughs> and she points to um, a blonde-haired woman who's like sitting beside Peter in the painting. And at this point, Gamache like pulls Agent Nicola aside and he basically says, you're off the case, like go home. Why? Because she, she, I, I cut out a lot of it. Like I didn't talk about it, but she basically would just make these jabs at people anytime they went to interview someone. Like she just constantly was doing the wrong thing and acting smug and acting better than everyone. And that kind of, Gamache is kind of like, you have to be a team player and you are so the opposite of a team player. Mm, okay. Wait, but she said that Yolande and Peter were in the painting together. She says it like she kind of points out this can't be a tribute to Timmer yeah, because yeah. look, there's Yolande and it's this woman sitting beside Peter in the painting. Mm-hmm. So that's upsetting. <laughs> but then they go about an hour later. Everyone's like left. It, it, there's it puts like a little damper on things, but you know they're 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 still doing this tribute to Jane's life. And so an hour later, the party has moved to Jane's home, and so everyone's showing up there. And they're laugh. They're kind of pointing out. Every time someone new walks into the house, they've uncovered enough of Jane's art on the walls and floors and whatever and ceilings that everyone walks in the room and just like either swears or like starts laughing or just like is amazed by what, what is going on in this house. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as the party's going on, Gamache notices that Clara keeps going. She keeps like looking. They've brought in Fair's Day from Arts Williamsburg to the, Jane's house so that you can both see like her artwork on the easel and then her artwork on the walls and Claire keeps going back between the easel painting to one spot on the wall and then back and like back and forth between there and so Inspector Gamache goes up to ask her like what are you doing what's going on and Claire goes that's not Yolande in the picture look on the wall this is how Jane painted Yolande when you look at the picture on the easel in Fair's day it's not the same person like it looks it could be Yolande because it's a blonde-haired woman but it's definitely not like it's not the same mm -hmm. and so then everyone goes to look at the Yolande on the wall and Yolande in the painting and they're, they're like you're right that's not Yolande and so then it's all this confusion about why would Jane had only ever painted people she knew or people from town or even if someone moved away from town she still knew them and could paint them she never painted someone she didn't know so who's this woman in the painting who else has blonde hair well so Clara realizes she kind of is looking at the painting more and she's like I I felt like I didn't feel the magic of this painting anymore. And now I feel, I feel I know why look. And she kind of points out around the face of this blonde haired woman. You can see the edging and it, they realize that someone has erased what used the face that used to be painted there and has repainted in a new face. Whoa. And she kind of points out all the brush strokes. She's like, Jane's brush strokes are always horizontal. Whoever painted this, this face painted it vertical and then again because Claire is like an artist she goes and this white isn't the same color this is eggshell white and it's supposed to be <laughs> whatever <laughs> I, forget, I forget the names but it's that type of idea where she's like this isn't Jane's paint someone else did this face okay so who could it be yeah and so Claire is kind of talking about it like she kept saying she's talking about whoever this person is who repainted the face as a woman and Gamash questions her. He's like, do you know who it is? Why do you keep saying that? And Claire kind of stops and she's like, oh, well, I just figured like it's most likely that if you were going to change a face, you would paint something that you know. And if you're a woman, you'd paint a woman. So that's what she's thinking. Mm -hmm. So I think everyone kind of agrees that this the painting holds the key to the murderer. Like someone, they kind of go, whoever the murderer is, 
didn't want this picture. Like they didn't, they didn't want to be recognized in this, um, this painting. And so they, it must be, it must be the murderer who erased that, that face. So at this point, I think you have all the information to be able to theoretically guess oh, the killer if you'd like to take a shot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so whoever painted it, well, we know anyone from the town could be a painter or had the skills to paint <laughs> because they had nothing else it, to do. It seems that way, yes. Yeah. Clara thinks it could be a woman. I'll take her word for it. Who would want to paint over their face? Perhaps Yolande could have painted over her own face? No, but then people would, at first glance would have still, still thought it was her. Mm-hmm. Ruth was already in the painting, so... It probably doesn't make sense for it to show up twice. I'm kind of just rambling right now. <laughs> no, go for it. That's okay. Hmm. There aren't that many woman characters in this book, right? Like Clara, but Clara seems to be on our side this whole time. Could it be Nicole? Nick Nicole? Does it make sense? Nicole. Yeah, to actually be involved with these people's lives. I don't know. And then possibly possibly <laughs> so whoever it is must have some connection with peter because they were at the fair together so now i really think peter is involved like maybe he found out mm-hmm. maybe he found out that jane's will had changed and that he would have benefited from the death so mm-hmm. i think he has a motive and also the skill to shoot and he mm-hmm. is connected to some female character could it be myrna could it like myrna knew about Ruth and Timmer so Mm -hmm. it makes sense that she would she would think that Jane would change her will after Jane finds out that Ruth broke up her potential marriage ah yeah yeah so I don't know maybe there's like some secret relationship between Peter and Myrna and the two of them kind of plotted this together okay that's my final guess but I don't know how close or off I am (laughs) okay do you want to know the answer? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be so off. Wait, one second. But like one thing that isn't connected, that I haven't connected yet, are the kids at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the hate crime against mm-hmm. Olivier okay. and Fabry. Okay. I might be able to clear up a little bit of that. Okay. Yeah. As well. So what ends up happening is they brought in the painting back to the bed and breakfast um, where Gamache and Beauvoir were staying. And they're kind of looking at it more... And Clara goes, oh, I like I I'm not sure. Like I feel like I need a break. I'm gonna, I forgot my purse in Jane's house. I'm gonna go back and get it. And so she leaves. But where she actually goes is Ben's house. And she says, I know it's you. Whoa. Okay. And then we kind of jump cut to Gamash has brought the painting up to his bedroom, and he he's kind of staring at it even more when he has the realization that he knows whose face is not in the picture that doesn't appear. And so he immediately runs to Claire and Peter's house and he gets there and Peter goes, Oh, "Oh, it's you. I thought it would be Clara. Like Jane's house. And Gamash goes, we're like, we need to, we need to speak with her. And so they go to Jane's house and search the house, but there's no Clara. And so then they, because they've kind of realized that Ben did not show up in the picture. They yeah. go to Ben's house, but there's no sign of Ben or Clara. Oh, so it wasn't a woman that was standing beside Peter. It was actually Ben that someone drew like a woman's yeah. face over. It. Okay, so it probably wasn't even like a female painter. Probably Ben painted over his own face. Could that be possible? Yeah, 
and Claire. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And Claire figures it out. And so they're kind of there. What has happened is Ben has knocked Clara out and he's putting on um, one of Peter's coats and he's carried her to his mother's house, Timmer's house. Oh, shit. And he's going to, he's planning to stage her um, an accident of her death in the basement. But luckily, because Gamash has also figured this out at the same time, they're able to get to the house on time and stop Ben, arrest him, and save Clara. Nice. Wait, but what's the so motive? Me... Wait, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what's the motive. Let, exactly. Let me, clear some... <laughs> right. Let me clear some things up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what it happened was is that Ben, I, I kind of hinted to this, but Myrna says when, when Gamash visits her in the book, the um, bookstore Myrna says how lovely Timmer was and how she was such good friends with her and Timmer was such a nice lady and then immediately Clara says how awful Timmer was and had restricted Ben and made it seem like made it seem like Timmer was a terrible mother oh. and Ben was like held back by his mother so Myrna was so what lying. happened was Timmer okay, was a great <laughs> no Myrna wasn't lying what okay never mind <laughs> Myrna Myrna's innocent <laughs> Myrna's innocent. Oh, no. Okay. Ben was lying. Ben told everyone his whole life that his mother was a terrible person, but she wasn't. She was perfectly fine. Oh. And so he made everyone believe that Timmer was holding him back, but in reality, he was holding himself back and blaming it on his mother. So when he found out, his, his mother kind of took forever to realize this, and it was her conversations with Myrna where they talked about still life and people not wanting to change that she realized that she needed to give Ben a push. And so she was planning to cut Ben, her son, out of the will because she was like, uh, their family again was like some of the founders. They were, they owned the mill. They had a lot of money. Right. And when Ben caught wind of this, he waited until the opportunity where he was able, um, where uh, Tamar was left alone and he gave her an overdose of morphine. Oh, okay. Her death was not natural. Uh, but her body was cremated, so there was no way to necessarily prove that. But then at that Thanksgiving, friend, Friendsgiving dinner that they had on the Friday night, Jane was basically, she was telling Ben, this painting will hold a special meaning to you. And Ben, not knowing what the painting was about, thought that Jane had guessed that he had killed his own mother. Oh. And he so he wanted to prove it wasn't there. He thought that Fair's Day, that Jane's painting, had been painted from real life, and it would show, like, a, show him in the act or something like that. So he had erased his his yeah. um, face from the painting and put over it. But then he needed to kill Jane because if she ever saw the painting, she would know that he had changed it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so Jane died for no reason whatsoever. It was just Ben being paranoid. Yep. <laughs> ben just being like okay. just a really, really terrible human being. But what did it have to do with whatever the Asian found in Yolande and Andre's house? Okay, so that was a separate story, and it's more hinted at than anything, but what the agent had found in Bernard's room was a gay pornography magazine. Oh. And they end up doing an autopsy, not an autopsy, they do a um, test on it and find that it was covered in Philip's fingerprints. And so they realized that the reason that Philip had kind of changed his personality is that Bernard had found this magazine and was holding it as blackmail on him. Oh, damn. And he still, it was this idea that he, he was he was young and wasn't able to kind of maybe cope with this idea he was 
different or that there was a lot of homophobia in that area or with his friends. Mm -hmm. And so he just didn't feel like he could tell his dad. He didn't feel like he could be open with him. And so that's why he had to have all this resentment. Mm -hmm. And Olivier and Gabri, they kind of say to Gamache that they had guessed as much. So they had an idea that Philip, Philip had, was probably going through struggles on his own. And so they were trying to, they were trying to find ways that they could help him. Okay, so the hate crime at the beginning was really kind of Philip acting out and not really knowing how to deal with his sexuality yeah. at the time. Yeah. Okay, yeah. wow. So Ben going into Jane's house in the middle of the night must have been trying to like cover up other places where his face might have appeared or something like that. Yeah, he had woken up in the middle of the night hoping to go look through all the painting and make sure that the there was nothing else showing that yeah. he had like, been a part of anything. Wow, what? I feel so bad for Jane in the end. Yeah, no one appreciated her work. Yeah, no one appreciated her work. And uh, like just, but it was, what was nice is that that day she had been accepted into Arts Williamburg. Like, so she had died knowing that her friends accepted her for who she was. Yeah, but it's so hard to put yourself out there. And then most people laughed at her art, but I'm glad in the end that, you know, people did appreciate it. Oh yeah, people loved it. Yeah, Clara. Damn. So, what do you think overall of this new new author, new book? Uh, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. There were definitely a lot of red herring and groups of characters <laughs> to try to throw throw us off. Yeah, in the end, yeah. it was definitely. Yeah, I don't think I ever really suspected Ben because he. Well, actually, I guess in the end, it did make sense because he found the body. So. Of course, he was already at the scene yeah. of the crime. Yeah. But I so don't that really... thing, if you remember when Gamash is sitting in the green and he says he, was, he saw what he wanted to see. Uh-huh. Ben had said at the beginning that he always went on a walk with his dog. And so when Gamash is sitting there, he notices that Ben did not go for a walk. How do you He just let his dog out in the yard. Oh. Okay. Wow. I think what really threw me off was... Um, one of the characters saying that it probably would have been a woman painting over her own face. Then I was kind of so Claire had Claire said that, and Claire did it on purpose because she knew it was Ben and wanted to protect him. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Ben, she got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. Damn. I was like so focused on the female characters <laughs> and <laughs> figuring out who could have done it. That ah. Uh, yeah, but it, it totally makes sense. Like, Ben and Peter, they both had the skills to be able to do it. I was just really set on Peter being yeah. the killer. I don't know why. Because <laughs> ben, Ben's motive is unclear. Like, you have to be convinced that Timmer was murdered for Ben to have a motive. Yeah, yeah. Like, in the end, I kind of knew that the two murders were kind of connected, but I didn't really think about, like, the singular person who could have connected both murders. I kind of yeah, thought that yeah, yeah. someone else have been an accomplice yeah that was good i was way off (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for joining me emma this was a lot of fun yeah this has been so much fun thank you for hosting this it's always uh, we were saying before the filming it's always so fun Uh to hear our friends solving mysteries i'm kind of sad that i didn't solve this one Uh. (laughs) that's okay So this is our um, tenth tenth episode, my tenth episode of Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Uh, and if you're interested, if you want to hear more, you can find episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you find podcasts. And you can follow me on Instagram at Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Thanks, Kaylin.